G'day, thanks so much for getting our year-round carnival preview of the Caulfield Cup. Before we look forward with Vince Accardi, let's look back at some of the great moments. But with 150 to go, Leilani, three lengths in front. Jay Icarus is weakening and then Turf Gutter. But it's Leilani's Caulfield Cup. The Bonnie Mare is going to win by four lengths. Seventeen gets it, but won it again. Let's elope. Viander Cross answering the urgings of Shane Dyer head in front. Mannerism coming at him. Viander Cross maybe a nose to Mannerism. Might and power well clear at the 200 metre mark. He's gone out by four lengths. It looks all over. Marvel Halls is running on on the inside, followed by Istadad, and now Dorema is coming home. But Might and Power has gapped them in the Caulfield. Fields of Omar, Republic Lesser closing, normally in front. Fields of Omar tries hard, normally, normally. He's three lengths in front of Distinctly Secret Hoax Dancer, Maccabi Diva, Mummify getting tired, Distinctly Secret, Grey Song fly out right back, Mummify has won the Corfield Cup, a great all the way win. The inside, Viewed is coming at them too, Viewed right over on the fence, he's hit the front for Bart, Viewed in front of Roman Emperor, Viewed is clear, and Viewed will win the Caulfield Cup by two links to Roman Emperor. The 150 to go, here's Dunedin and American coming, El Pop in front of the 100, but Dunedin swallows him up, Dunedin the Melbourne Cup winner, comes back to win the Caulfield Cup for that Very elegant down the outside, it's true self-master of wine at the 300 with the chosen one and here's Very Elegant and Anthony Van Dyke below the 200, the chosen one grabbed by Very Elegant and Anthony Van Dyke, Very Elegant and Anthony Van Dyke, it's all class, Very Elegant and Nick in front and the man... Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. And Vince Accardi from Daily Sectionals, iconic race, maybe not of the superstar standard tomorrow, but we don't care if we can find the winner. <laughs> so true. Yes, it is what it is. We've got to deal with it. All right. So let's be up nice and at the start. I just want to say, if you've got our package tomorrow... We will do any update as far as information is concerned. So if the weather's better, worse, whatever, scratchings, you will get a full information update tomorrow. But this is our thoughts as of 5.40 Friday morning. <laughs> Vince, how are you expecting Caulfield to play tomorrow? Well, the good news is everything looks like no more rain, so that's great. Of course, we are going to be dealing with a, a wet track, which means from my perspective, they've got to be able to, Right now, I'm saying you have to be able to handle somewhere at best, some S7 maybe. Yep. But realistically, somewhere between H8 and H10 is what we're looking for. So if you're a bit weak on the wet ground profiling, that's going to be an issue. 
And, and look, we got a dump of rain last Friday, and then on the set with you know overnight clear, we we got a fantastic track. So this track does drain remarkably well if given a chance of, uh, of as you said, a, you know, a light day Friday. As far as uh, lack of uh, rain, it gives us a chance to be in a, in a half decent condition. The full field, we're working on eighteen runners, obviously, and uh, and we'll take the scratchings out of our thoughts for now for Durston and Macram. How are you expecting the speed of this race to be? <sighs> Really crazy. It's going to all get down to Knight's order. That's going to be the horse that's going to go to the front, yep. and this the horse is going to generate the speed. Whoever wants to follow, I don't really feel there's going to be anybody that's going to want to follow it in terms of putting pressure on. So we could have a scenario where we might have a, a – oh, look, I don't want to say tear away leader, but it, it could be a, a two-pronged uh, race shape. So firstly, when I look at Knight's order, he's he's the one that's in control. Realistically, I am expecting with this ground condition, even speed, Ralphie. So it's not going to be something beyond, you know, this world of pressure. I, I don't feel that's going to be the case, but it is a grand final for a lot of horses. So if I get really excited, maybe plus four, you know, goodness me, if they do that, it's not going to be good for Knight's order and maybe the, the few key lead runners. I mentioned the talent or, or maybe the, the query on the lack of talent this year. What's your overall expectation from an IVR perspective of what will be needed to win this race? Everything points to being bang on around that 2.5 is what we're looking for. And if I've because uh, just myself with my observation is I'm either going to get this right or wrong. Like, I mean, I know it's, it's a silly way to say it, but in the sense of I'm either going to be with or, or against the market is what I'm trying to say. If I'm against the market, then we are going to be rock solid two and a half to three. And if I'm with the market, then you probably only need one and a half to win, Ralphie. Right. We'll go down Saddlecloth order and, um, and then surmise your thoughts here. So Gold Trip. The, the two two prong question is this: fourth up, can he peak? Firstly, though, what is his level of talent if he was able to bring his European best fourth up? Well, if he does bring his absolute best, he still is the class runner, and a rock solid plus four is what he's capable of producing. So, if he does that, there isn't any other runner that at this stage have been able to run to that level. Does that mean there isn't the possibility that maybe one or two other runners might make that giant step up? There is the possibility, but it's on its own. <laughs> it's a fair starting point to, to consider. Well, yeah, for sure. If it, I mean, it's, it's trending. It's not trending as, as great as I would like, but the reality is it is trending in a positive way, even though the overall IVR figures has this horse somewhere around one, one and a half below the two ranges in Australia. Just, you can't deny that run of last start though, you know, like it was super big finish, but th does this mean this horse is best on dry ground? That That's the question mark. I don't so, want to take risk with the stable though. Well, there's that, of course. So the last two starts, he started favourite behind Smoke and Romans. We've got a bit of a lineup with the favourite there. Uh, here at Caulfield, two starts back. That was we, we can. It was it was listed as heavy eight. There was no way that track was heavy eight. That was bottomless that day, surely. No, 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 absolutely nowhere near it. That's correct, Ralphie, for sure. All right. So he he, he was second up, um, and then 
he probably peaked in his run. The Turnbull stakes, and probably I might get, actually get you to expand this because there's quite a few runners, including the favourite Smoking Romans, that lack of speed there. So what did he do in the mid-race in comparison to, say, the winner Smoking Romans? Well, this is it, isn't it, Ralphie? When you look at the the, the big mid-race move and you try and get some clarity around it, there it is from 14.7 below to plus 4.2. So you're looking at an 18.9 length mid-race squeeze. So more than three seconds was the move in the mid-race. So that's huge. So it's it's. Can I surmise it this way? We can't yet say that he's not able to run to a big figure, but it's just an unknown. Is that probably a thing? Oh, yes, you have to have a level of caution. And from my perspective, like I wouldn't, you know, I don't mind considering, let's say, like a some type of exotic, like a trifecta type scenario or the a first four more to the point. He would not be a horse that I would leave out. Even though I don't have a, a rubber stamp on the wet track, right. yeah, so that's it. Dua has been favourite for the race up until the Turnbull Stakes. So when they've really started a proper Caulfield Cup market, it's been favourite. It won the uh, the Australian Cup in dominant fashion on a fast track and a high-pressure setup at Newcastle, then backed it up in the BMW. Of course, if you're just having a scan and you're a once-a-year punter getting this service, that Newcastle meeting was a transferred meeting from Rose Hill uh, due to the uh, uh, torrential rains. They ran that on the Monday. They were two high-quality performances. The question, I suppose... The, the dual question is, when you're looking at the raw numbers here, sit, you know, 10th, 6th, 8th, is she going as well? Secondly, what's her wet track uh, confidence level for you? Yeah, okay. The wet track profile isn't isn't the best in the field in the sense that there are a, a, a group of runners that have the capability or they've got a WTI that's in excess of plus 10. So you know they're mud runners. But 7.8 for me is very strong and Definitely, I've got no issues with this horse handling up to a H10. Does it bring a couple of the horses uh, closer to it? Yes, but profile-wise, I've got no issues at all with this horse, at least being able to handle this type of surfer that I'm ex- expecting. Is that pretty much what you ran on in the BMW at Newcastle that I mentioned? No, Ralphie. That that particular day there, the ground was uh, drier than what... Yep. For me, that was more like an S5 range and not an S7 or 8. Yep. But the run that I would probably be more inclined to take into consideration about like what, what its capabilities, a couple. The first one is we can look at the performance at Ramwick back in April of 21. That was a minus 15 on the Roars. <laughs> and that's a plus 7.8. Now, 15 on the Roars, we're right on the doorstep of... Um, S7, S8 for sure, getting close to a H8. And then there was another performance, probably from a ground condition point of view. How do I put it? It was probably more like a uh, S7. Yeah, S7, S6, yeah. So if the ground is improving to to just on the heavy or or you know uh, on the slower side, that that's going to elevate your confidence by the sound of things. The, the, it's trained by Edward Cummings, and it's not a trite comparison here to say about his legendary grandfather. Because what have we seen? Out the back, mid race move. Out the back, mid race move. Pretty close. It's grand final day, isn't it? Yeah, it is grand final day, and this horse is absolutely frank the profile no question about it in terms of its capability of being able to to run up to a plus two range or better and this horse is 
pretty much franked at around 2.5. And we've got to look at it, right? I looked at that run at Newcastle. And when you run sort of on the Rappo platform, you run the, the matrix. And what it does is it looks at the all the horses out of that race in the six lead-up runs, and then it looks at the trend lines at the subsequent two starts, and every all the indicators are showing that it's a 2.2 to 2.6 range that the, the profile of that race has turned out to be. So I'm confident that this horse has definitely got a 2.2 to 2.5 range in it. So that, that saying is hard in your thinking here. and At, at mid-teen odds, it's hard in your thinking. Well, this is it. This is my, my dilemma is this. I'm either going to get this race or wrong because I'm against the market. So you like Dua? Absolutely. Okay. We'll get more in your summary at the end. Knight's Order, as you said, likely leader, Sydney Cup winner. <laughs> Will the conditions be wet enough for it? No, I'm not even being a smart aleck in saying that, bits because what I'm saying is under a bottomless track, well, maybe they can't catch him. Is he good enough if the track's sort of in that 7-8 range that, uh, that there's a chance of being? Well, firstly, if we look purely on a class profile, and again, I use the IVR platform to give me that insight, the data clearly indicates no. Yep. Now, in terms of its racing style and the way the horse has been racing this preparation with this stable, it's been airborne. It really has been airborne, and it's screaming out for the 2,400, and there is this possibility this horse could be a lone leader and could could get a break, like a big break, and it won't be an easy horse to run down if that happens. Well, because rock hard fit, tenacity, yep. and everyone else falling asleep. Yeah, and, and if I'm wrong, and the, let's say the market's right, then the horse is only within a length of – because my profile would change. It would go from being two-and-a-half-year requirement in terms of the hurdle you need to jump to – one, one and a half, and all of a sudden the horse is there. All right, Montefilia. Mm, head scratch, I've got to say. And I'm looking at your early speed profile of this race, not just her, but of this race. So many horses come through slow tempo races, primarily the, the Turnbull, but also you got uh, even last week in the uh, in the Might and Power, but that's a separate argument, I suppose, when it comes to Benno and non-conformers. But this horse has come off a fast race. And on wet tr- track, we know she can handle wet track. She smashed very elegant in uh, in March. Ran fourth in this race last year, but let's face it, incentivised you know one by three and a half. He'd probably do the same again this year. So uh, the question is, is she going well enough? And was that a forgivable run for a platform to run well tomorrow? Third up. Well, the insight is this: you, the starting point from my perspective is you always look at the first up run to give you a guide on how this horse is going to trend in the campaign. Of course, that doesn't mean you don't get an eagerly sort of muscle injuries or other type of scenarios that might happen in you know normal day-to-day life of a, of a racehorse, but it turned up with a point two above, and that's pretty much on par, Ralphie, with what the performance was back in September 2021, where it ran point four first up, and then third up, was Ramwick 2400 when winning with a 2.3 above. So this horse is right on the doorstep. The second thing is, I felt this horse improved at its subsequent campaign. It was coming back to that Rose Hill 2000 metre performance. The the roars on that day was more than minus 22. So it was a genuine heavy 10. You've seen the field that it beat, right? Very elegant, very, very good, capable horse. And look, if it runs three and a half, this would be that one horse that could test, say, a gold trip, right? If gold trip turned up and ran to his best. 
Tell us about the early speed because, you know, on face value, oh, it's beaten 5.3 lengths. And second up, it was $2.20 favourites. Really disappointed the market. But like I said, when I opened up and looked at how, how fast they went in that going, she had to tank out. Absolutely. And it was a negative for the horse, Ralph. First up, 17.1 lengths below benchmark. Beautiful mid-race squeeze that day. Then went to Randwick last start. It's gone from 17.1 below to 0.3 below, like virtually benchmark. That's big turnaround speed. Entitled to absolutely tank out and have nothing left in the end. And this is basically what's happened. Well, it's a, it's a it's a fair sign for a horse about twenty to one dollars. Uh, so we'll we'll surmise that uh, for there. New Marion, well, it ran second in the race that uh, Montefilia uh, ran third in and tanked out in. Uh, wet track capacity. I'll get you, you, your full uh, outline on that in the uh, in the winter. Uh, won the Gosford Cup and then won the huge prize money Sky Racing uh, over over twenty two hundred Eagle Farm. Uh, Tommy Berry stole that race. <laughs> Tommy Berry, yes. <laughs> Absolutely, Ralph. You're not wrong about that. Well, when we look at this horse's profile, pretty much sits in a, a situation like Knight's Order, from my perspective, about where it sits class-wise from all of exposed races in Australia. It's around that benchmark 0.1 range, and we, and we get that from Flemington last campaign first up. The way it's been trending this campaign, I reckon it's – well, the data's clearly indicating – that it's come in behind, even though it was only a 1.3 length defeat compared to what it did the previous preparation. And my view to that is this. Oh, it was 46 lengths below the standard the track was in that race. I mean, that's <laughs> this is not heavy 10, right? This is heavy something you've got to make up, like better than, what, 15, 16 heavy? So I can understand that, right? And the move really in the mid-race was solid, but it was just impossible to run a time. And then last start, it went to Randwick over 2,000 metres. Good, decent speed through that first section, plus 2.1. So we talk about changing gears. It's pretty big. But here's the difference, Ralphie, between the two horses. Um, again, I don't, I'm still learning about Annabelle Neesham and really trying to button down her profile about how she's prepping up her horses. But that was off an 84-day break, that first up run at Randwick. Very different to the profile of Montefiore, which was a much longer break. So a different campaign in terms of how you come on and where you get to. I suspect this horse would have been very forward in that race. I'm not saying rock hard, but very forward. Two trials leading in as well. And there isn't going to be this whopping big improvement to come. I just don't see it, right? And therefore... I can only pin it to its current trend line, which is benchmark, and therefore no go zone for me. So Montefilia is twice its odds, but you're saying actually last start when Montefilia was 220 and Numerian was 550, that's more a reflection of what you think is the talent uh, between the two as a matchup. Yeah, I, I do have an expectation that Montefilia will beat that horse. Okay, non-conformist. Ooh, this stable fits. This stable. <laughs> you, you, you found it with Luna Flair. <laughs> Good odds on uh, in the Bart Cummings a couple of weeks ago at Flemington. When, when, when they say grand final day, respect it. And that's the yeah. Grand Bank stable. Non-conformist. I reckon he went out for a spell, assuming he was, he was okay, but just a long-term plan. Assuming he's had this real long spell after last year's Caulfield Cup when he ran second to incentivise. And again, let's underline, incentivise probably would be doing the same thing to this field that he did last year when he bolted in. So that three and a half length second probably probably thereabouts. Uh, I'll get your, your further thoughts there. Uh, when it was 1.3 lengths above benchmark. Here this time in, nothing, nothing, nothing. Last week, mm, only beaten two and a half lengths by Animo and a good solid mid-race. 
Well, from a trend line perspective, you, you couldn't get it any better, right? Firstly, long break. 315 days. Sometimes when the break's that long, you know, what wasn't right with the horse? Yep. Usually when they're that long. But again, the indicators of the numbers isn't demonstrating that. What it's clearly showing is, yes, it came in behind first up, 4.3 lengths below. So if you're pin graphing it, it's probably coming two to three lengths behind its previous campaign. Then it, it did nothing second up at Flemington. So it was, a, it was like a no-go zone performance. But then we started to see the progression. Third up, Sandown, 1,800 metres. We've seen about a length progression. And then last start was the big jump up, Rolfie, going from sort of minus 3.4 to plus 1.5 and, and a really strong run. And if this track's drying, this horse is uh, – you know, the price should be oh, you know, so much shorter than what it is now. But the reality is – is the heavy track going to be the issue for this horse? Because it doesn't profile very good. It's a pass mark. It's got a four WTI, yep. so that means you, you can handle some wet ground. But you know, a lot there's just too many runners that is far superior. So it's going to come back to the field, as they say. Class horses get closer to the more even horses on wetter ground, and that's the scenario with this horse. Well, we've got a nice comparison with last year because when he got beaten the nose by Probabil in the Might and Power the week before, 5.2 lengths above benchmark. Yes. Four lengths inferior in the Caulfield Cup. Correct. So if we have a track that's on the improve and there's no reason why this can't be the case, Ralphie. Yep. I actually feel that I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the rain stays away from you know this afternoon all the way until race day. Why couldn't we be in a race, in a race conditions where there's an S in front of it and not a H? All right, well, we'll clarify that in the morning, uh, obviously, post-scratchings. Found to Claire, there's two ways of looking at this horse. One is, uh, yes, yes, the year is behind him. The other one is, hmm, had 329 days, and this time in, he's trending the right way that Danny O'Brien's got this horse right again. Yes, from a stable point of view, and the people that own the horse, they'd be pretty happy because the this, this progression's been excellent. Long break as well, 7.3 first up, didn't do a lot, but there was... Big glimpses late, and this is how you can learn about the, the first up run. Even though it got beaten five lengths, you look at the closing speed. The overall last 800 was a sustained plus 5.9 with the last 400 metre split of plus five. And then when we look at the last start, where it went 0.3 below, big improvement in overall condition. But the closing speed of the last 400 matched the first up run of minus five off a four and a half lengths faster race shape. And... Virtually a thousand meters more in distance, tra overall traveling, you know, like from 1600 to 2500. So, yes, is this horse trending in one direction upwards? But my problem is this are you going to run to a performance that's much better than even, let's say, a plus one? So, that, that's my issue, right? And when I look at it, all the indicators are saying you, you look set to run benchmark plus a half. So, if I'm wrong in my thought process and you go if you go with the market, the horse is in the race. If if I'm going against the market, it's a fringe player. But I, I have pinned it to its absolute best, which is one point seven, right? So yep. it's not that far away from the lead pack. It's definitely in that second group for me. No compromise comes off winning the Metropolitan by a nose. It was even allowing for the conditions of hurdle speed race, and then the the, the Bunsen burners came on at the eight hundred for whatever uh, standard of horse this can do. We also saw in the in the autumn he went on bottomless ground at Rose Hill. So the 
Track condition, no issue. Mr. Waller, no issue. Is he good enough? Well, on the class performance, he's better than a lot of other horses, which is fantastic. You only have to go to Rose Hill last campaign. There it is. Two point, uh, what is it? 1.2 lengths above IVR benchmark over 2,400 metres. And the track, there it is, Raw's minus 20. So you bang on that H range. Yep. So you know this horse will have no issue. Beat Knight's order comfortably. So the reality is, got no problems with the horse handling the ground. And is it coming to that profile? Yes. It's absolutely coming to that profile. So the question is this. That last start run, coming from a minus 34 and using this hurricane mid-race move, I'm going to call it, because it's 35 lengths, right? It's just unbelievable. Now, I do know that stayers can have big squeezes, but this one's like, over the top for me. It's like a extended stretch. Yep. Could this flatten that horse somewhat? It's because 14 days, right? Yep. So I'm a bit nervous about that, but yeah, would I put it like as a fourth place for myself in a, in a, you know, a first four? Yeah, potentially. All right. Uh, what about we bracket the next two? Because uh, they, they've, they've matched up a couple of times and it, it's significant. And that is Allegron and Benno. Allegron, one last start. Now, it surprised the market. Uh, 12s out to a you know, what was it? Uh, 12s out to 20s beat Benno by half length. The case for it is that the market just simply got it wrong because that uh, first up run at uh, Ramwick when it was uh, behind Knight's order that was bottomless leaders highway, so it just had zero chance back in the field there. And uh, and Benno actually ran in that race as well. There wasn't uh, there wasn't uh, that that much between, between them. Uh, Benno was obviously more forward at the time. Uh, they match up in the AJC Derby. Uh, Hutatsu won by 0.3 of a length and another 0.4 lengths behind uh, Be- uh, Benno was Allegron. So second and third, and there was eight lengths to the rest. And Allegron uh, ov- obviously also placed in the VRC Derby as well. Benno's on the quick backup, though. Last week, he ran well behind Allegro, uh, behind Animo, rather, in blinkers. So this says grand final day for Benno. It probably says grand final day for Allegron. Yeah, well, firstly for Allegron, if we let's just say the track's just gone and it's going to be heavy ten and the forecasts are wrong and we just keep getting rain, well, you know this is a, a big swimmer, right? Right. Rock rock solid WTI thirteen point three, and that was off a performance where the raw figures were forty lengths below standard. So make no mistake, this is probably one of the top four horses on wet ground. And the heavier, the better. Now, I'm not, I don't have that expectation. I have an expectation we're going to be half that in terms of, uh, you know, bottomless. I'm going to be nowhere near that. I don't believe that anyway. So I'm taking it off that point of view. And this then brings a horse back into a range where you don't have that same advantage, right? If, yep. if you're on a heavy 10 versus a heavy 16, you're not, you don't get the same edge. You get a significant less edge and you're more in line with, let's say, a horse like Juas, possibly uh, there's a number of other runners there, even no compromise. You're in that sort of range of around more like a plus eight, plus nine range. Can't fault the performance in any way, Ralphie. Everything just sort of gives a signal that you're going in one direction upwards. But for me, again, if it's all about how the market's structured, you're a genuine chance. But if I'm working on class and what I'm anticipating, I can't have the horse. And, and Benno? Yeah. Now, Benno's different scenario. I feel that Benno's a much better chance. Firstly, I look at the last start performance, the 1.7 new PB, 
and this is dangerous for me. Now, if I look at the previous campaign, there it is, 2,400 metres, Ramwick, beaten 0.3 with a 0.7 above. That was its best last campaign, Ralphie. Okay, it did beat a Langrod that day. There wasn't much between them, right? But what is different here is this horse surged to a 1.7 above last start at 2,000 metres. Now, could this have come because the horse maybe is even more dynamic on the dry track or, or was it the fitness? Now, I'm starting to sit back and say, well, when it produced that 0.7 above, that was bottomless as well. Yep. And it's not going to be anywhere near that. So this horse has still got progression. So it could easily find a half length to three quarters of a length and be a serious contender here. So I'm giving big respect to this horse at the moment. Wide barrier, yes, no, indifferent, no big deal. Oh, no big deal, none. <laughs> nice and simple. Great house, I would think, would be a better horse uh, on not heavy track, so it looks like it's trending that way. Phenomenal mid-race move, like like a few in the Turnbull. It just had zero chance under that race shape behind Smoke and Romans. What's its best? What's your expectation? Well, here's the thing. I went through and had a good study of the wet track profile because that was going to be important, and what did I find? Uh, we go back to January. 2021 Rose Hill, 2,000 metres. There it is. The track speed that day in terms of raw figures was 16.5 lengths below benchmark. This horse returned a WTI plus 10.8. Not going to be a problem, Ralphie. Absolutely not going to be a problem. And this is a it's a bit of a dark horse in terms of its capability because there was sensational merit in that last run. Firstly, coming from a position of 12 lengths below benchmark was a massive negative for this horse. But the move in the mid-race was huge. It was in excess of 15 lengths. And the overall last 400 plus 1.2 was rock solid. And the Eagle Farm run, the start before, is the big indicator, Ralphie. 1.5 above uh, at 2,100 metres for me, sort of gave the signal that you'll come right to your top. So the question is this. I've marked it in as a 1.5. Again, if we're going with the market, definitely don't miss it. If I'm going on the way I'm going to tackle the race, I don't know if you've got another length up up your sleeve. Like, say, Benno can still improve. Not sure if this one can. I, I do feel that you're probably going to run to your number around 1.5. Fringe player. Inspirational girl, the headache horse for mine, um, because we know how good she is. She's good. <laughs> that November 2024, we were tracking that Perth Carnival, and she was dynamic winning the railway stakes. She was still fantastic when she came second to Kingston Town. She had she had a long break. She had another long break. Uh, good sign of, of talent there in the blamey when she beat Zaki off a phenomenal move. Failed dismally on bottomless ground in the Doncaster. Uh, wasn't ready first up, again on wet ground behind Mr. Brightside. And then last up, there was a big mid-race move and a big close over 2,000. But does that mean she can run 2,400 on soft ground? Well, I do feel the horse can run 2,400. Um, all the signs are there. There's a performance back in 2020 over 1,800. The way it closed that race over the last 800 metres, which combined plus 10. So sustained speed was Fairly significant. Even when I look at sustained speed over 1,200 metres, it was in excess of plus seven. So I'm, I'm confident the horse will be able to get the distance, but I'm, I've got zero confidence with this horse handling anything that's like S6, S7, H8. I just think it's got none. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. You, you got to knock on the door with this horse, don't you? You need to, you need to hear the ground hitting back at you. <laughs> yeah. So if we get the reversal tomorrow and you start seeing, oh my goodness, this track's unbelievable. Have a look at it; it's been upgraded twice already coming into this race, and we're now in an S five. I would probably then take a look at this horse. Say, it could be a sneaky chance of running in the money still, but if it, we need a good track, Ralphie. Maximal last start ran well, ran second to Smoking Romans, had every chance, of course, because of that race shape, but still ran well. And in, in Eagle Farm, uh, when it ran second in the Doombin Cup, that was a fast race. It ran 2.7 lengths above benchmark, but it was on firm ground. What's your expectations here? Yes, well, this is a little bit of a difficult horse for me in terms of really trying to pin where it's going to be. And my view was... You know, it's, it's going to need a good track, Ralphie. And I can write so many positive things about this horse if we're on a good track. And I look at that 2.7 above IVR benchmark and saying, well, you're up to this field, but you're just 10 lengths inferior on wet ground. So I, I don't want to be a hero and try and to predict the impossible. If it beats me, well, bad luck for me. All right. Now, before we get to the favourite, there's four roughies. Just tell me if there's any reason to spend any time on Sound, Chapada, Crystal Pegasus, Trailer Rose. Well, Trailer Rose is the only runner out of that num- that group of horses that's just like is sensational in the wet, right? Yep. So, and really, even when you look at that last run, have a look at the huge reversal in speed from the 16th to the 17th. I know it got beaten a long way. That's a big conditioning blow. So is it, has this race come one run too, too quickly? Possibly, but big, big plus on super wet ground, Ralphie, and is going to thrive on the longer distance. So this is a bolter's chance. Yep. Like if, you, if you're doing multis and things like that like if you're looking for some big blowout horse and the track is absolutely genuinely heavy he's that's probably one horse you could consider as a outside champ but it is a bit of you've got to be a little bit freakish to win we round off with smoking romans there's one its last two starts uh caulfield very wet ground two starts back flemington firm ground had the absolute perfect run in a slow tempo race shape he was 21 dollars uh, let's look at a couple of those other matchups from a from a price perspective. There on the day, Gold Trip was three seventy, Duar was five fifty. Was the market that wrong about this horse? Well, one thing we know, this stable is just so good at getting him to peak, and of course, Jamie Carr has just elevated herself to become one of the superstars of Australian racing. So, track, uh, sorry, uh, trainers, jockey, tick, grand final tick. Is he good enough? Is he really good enough to justify this short price fits? Well, the one point five. If we look at it from that perspective and those few horses that have got to turn up and, and run to their profiles, which they haven't quite run to yet, then you would have to sit there and say, absolutely good enough, right? In terms of race shape, no question, the, gets the golden run in transit. There's no way Jamie's going to make any mistakes, right? Just It's impossible. She's just going to get the golden run. Yep. It's like it's that, you know, the glove's going to fit perfectly. It's so... All ticks there. Distance is definitely no issue, right? Yep. You can just go to Mooney Valley, 2,500 metres, two and a half above first section, mid-race slowdown of five lengths, and then finishes off the last 400 with a 2.6 above. So the answer is this. I do have an expectation 
that this horse is going to run right up to that 1.5. I'm super confident of that, right? I have no, I'm not, no, no illusions is what I'm trying to say, Ralphie. From a wet track point of view, it's in the middle of the pack, right? It's definitely no better than Duaz. So they're very similar. So now the question is, does Duaz turn up? and run to its profile, and does smoke and roam and find a brand new peak? Well, this stable, they can do that, right? They can find new peaks, right? For me, on a, a personal basis, I'm just sitting here and just going facts and figures saying, okay, well, you're behind. If everybody turns up and runs, what's your advantages? The stable and the rider and the race shape. So I don't want to be a person that's going to say you've got no hope. There's a lot of technicals to say that market price is right, and if you're inclined to want to be with it, then you should go with it. But the reality is for me, you're going to have to find, I feel you're going to have to find a length, length and a half more. Could you do it? Well, you're going to have to wait and see. If it was a better track, like a good track, I'd say, yeah, maybe. On a heavy track, S8, you know, S7, S8, H9, no, no, I'm going no. Your Friday morning summation, what's your thoughts for tomorrow with the Corfu Cup? I'm pretty hot on the top three runners, Ralph. You know, my, that's why I said I'm going to get this right or wrong. I, I, I want to be with the horses. In particular, I, I love Montefilia big time and Juez. They are the two horses for me that are crazy prices. So that means if you're keen on the favourite and you're super hell-bent, you can easily frame a market and you can back all three and be confident. But for me... Right now, who's going to win? Is it going to be Juez or Montefilia and non-conformists is like a headache horse along with Gold Trip? That's where I am at right now. All right, we'll update all your thoughts in the morning. Thanks so much for getting our deep dive preview into the Caulfield Cup.